Hey everyone, welcome back to the Monclova Baptist Church podcast. We're thankful that you joined us today. Hey, if you would do us a favor at the end of this episode, make sure that you follow us on our social, Instagram and Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel and hit that bell button so that you get notified every time that we post new content. If you also want to stay connected with us beyond Sunday morning, make sure that you download the MRBC app on the Google Play Store or the App Store. Now let's dive in. In Matthew chapter 7, well, if you'll follow along with me in verse number 7, the Bible says this, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For every one that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Or what man is there of you who, if his son asks bread, will give him a stone? Now, we've thought about that, but uh, we don't. Or if he asks for a fish, we give him a, a serpent. If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father which is in heaven give good things to them that ask him. Therefore, all things whatsoever ye would that man should do to you, do ye even so to them. For this is the law and the prophets. And I love this verse in verse number 11. What a great reminder Jesus is speaking here. And Jesus says, he's, at, he's talking of prayer, asking, knocking, asking, seeking, and knocking. And he puts it all in perspective here in this verse. And he says this, and he gives us this understanding of God. He says, you being evil or you being fleshly, just being mortal man, if you take care of your children in such a way, don't you think that God, the God of heaven, the creator of this universe, our heavenly father, would even take care of his children even better? He's putting this in perspective. You, you can only take care of so much. You only have so much resources. You only have so much strength. You only have so much wisdom. What do you think God can do? This is Jesus giving us a, a promise. This is truth. This is a truth. When we read verse number seven, ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. This is a truth. Why do we and how do we know this is truth? And this is simply this, because Christ said it. That settles it. This is truth we find in God's word. And so I want to just give you several things this morning on this topic of prayer, because I believe Parents, we need to pray. And it doesn't stop when your child uh, uh, goes from the age that you saw him here on the platform to school or to teenagers or to adults. We constantly need to be praying. Prayer is the most talked about but least done activity in the majority of Christians' lives. Prayer. Prayer. Yet prayer is powerful. Yet prayer is talked about often in the Bible. Yet there's a promise here, simply this. If you, if you go to God, he will answer. And so I want to give you several things. I want you to write this down. Number one, this morning, the greatest problem isn't unanswered prayer, but rather this, the greatest problem is unasked prayer. The greatest problem is not unanswered prayer, 
the greatest problem is unasked prayer. Bible here says Jesus is saying, ask, ask. In James chapter number four, I'll turn to these just for sake of time this morning, but allow me to read this. James chapter four, verse number one and two, from whence come war and fighting among you? Come they not hence, even of your lust that war in your members? He says this in verse number two, you lust and you have not, you kill and you desire to have and you cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you have not because ye ask not. Un- unoffered prayer. Unoffered prayer, unasked prayer is a tragedy in the life of the Christian today. We have a promise here in God's word that God will hear us, that God wants to hear us. Often we hear about prayer, yet we see we fail to go to God and not offer our prayer to him. In Luke chapter 18, verse number one, the Bible says this, men ought always to pray. In Mark 14, 38, the Bible says, watch ye and pray. In Philippians chapter four, Paul writes to the church at Philippi, be by prayer and supplication, let your request be made known unto God. Often throughout the gospels, you find Jesus speaking of prayer, Jesus praying. A matter of fact, the disciples witnessing the power of prayer, witnessing this take place between Jesus and his heavenly father. They said to Jesus, teach us to pray. Why? Because they recognize there's something powerful about prayer. When they went off to do miracles, Jesus sent them out and they came back and said, I don't understand. We've watched you do this. We've witnessed you and we're doing what you've done. And we just don't seem to have the power. And Jesus says to his disciples, this kind cometh not but by prayer and by fasting. And I want to simply say to you this morning that prayer is necessary in the Christian life. Yet so often, yet so often, We don't have things that we may need or desires that we have that we don't have fulfilled because we simply ask not. Would you write this in your heart someplace today? There's no substitute for prayer. There is no substitute for prayer. There's nothing that you can do that is better than prayer. Yet we figure, we try to figure things out in our own flesh. We get frustrated with things in our life. We worry when we're concerned about what tomorrow may hold. Trials come and tragedies come and, and we, we, we get discouraged trying to figure out the solution to these events in our life. And we, we go through life sometimes discouraged and frustrated, but, but, but we don't have to live that way, but we take these matters into our own hands. In church, there is no substitute for prayer. And why would, why would God desire for us to pray? pray? You know, I, I, in reading this, there's something interesting here. I want you to go just a page over to Matthew chapter six. Go with me to verse number seven, just in the next chapter over. Jesus is speaking of prayer here in chapter six of Matthew. And he says, but when you pray, use not vain repetitions, what he's saying is it's just it's not about just repeating prayers this is a this is a a conversation that you have with god when i talk to my wife i don't pull out cards and just read rehearsed sayings no it's a conversation that i have with my wife 
It's, it's, it's a heartfelt conversation. And so he says, but, but um, when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask him. And so if you look at that, you think, well, why do I need to pray? Why do I need to pray? If, if, if God already knows what, what I need, then why do we have to have this, this act of prayer? We don't, we don't pray to impress God. We don't pray to inform God. So why do we pray? And I would, I would say this today that prayer is necessary because prayer is fellowship with God. If you desire to live a victorious Christian life, then there must be fellowship with God. Any relationship that is going to grow and going to increase, it must have fellowship. Prayer is an opportunity for you to fellowship with God. And for sake of time, again, I want you to just write this this. Uh, reference down, but write down 2 Corinthians 6.1 and go back and study that. But prayer is important for fellowshipping with God. Prayer is also important for our own growth. In John 15.7, Jesus says, abide in me. And, 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 and by abiding in, in Christ and, and, and growing in Christ, it causes us to grow. And we realize that our strength comes from being found in Christ, from abiding in Christ. This, this, this is important for us because this allows us to examine our lives and examine where we're at. And prayer allows us to grow. Every Christian ought to be growing in their prayer life. Every Christian ought to be growing in their faith. And you can't grow, you can't grow as a Christian if you're handling all of your problems on your own. You know what prayer realize, calls you to realize? I need God. Every parent here today, and I, I know we don't have uh, uh, a parents, everybody didn't have a child, and so baby dedication today, I am talking to those parents that were on this platform, but I'm talking to every single person here in this room today. Prayer is necessary. It's necessary for fellowship, and it's necessary for growth. When you pray, you are recognizing that I need God. I need him. Prayer is to recognize that we are dependent upon God. You know, we get through this world so often and we can get through in successes and sometimes successes can't, sometimes successes can hurt us as a human being because we get confident in the wrong thing. You get confidence to when we get wins and you can see it maybe in the sports world and you see it in the business world. When somebody continues to, to have successes, they begin to get confident in the wrong thing. They begin to get confident in themselves and their ability and their strengths and the things that they think that they're what they're doing that's causing them this great success. But prayer reminds us and prayer is a great way to, re to realize and recognize we are dependent upon God. I need God, and so do you. I'll have people say to us often, Michelle and I, they'll say, tell us, how do you raise kids? And they want us to, 
tell them this magical, well, what you do is you, you give them this and you do this. And, and uh, if you spank them, even when they didn't deserve it, I mean, it, it will help them, you know, as they get older. And they want this magic potion, this magic formula. And the realization is this. If you want to raise godly kids, you need God. You need God. If you want to have a godly family, you need God. And if you're trying to raise children without God, and you're trying to be a husband or a mother or a wife or a grandparent, and you're trying to do this in your own strength, and you're doing it in your own power, and you are not praying, you are not inviting God into what you're going through in your life. Could you imagine going through life and not inviting God and recognizing you're dependent upon him? Everything, everything in our life is important to God. That means this, anything in our life is worth praying for. Everything in life. We need to ask God. We need to be praying. We need to be asking. The Bible says in verse number seven uh, of Matthew seven, ask, ask. Number two, it says this, seek. Seek. It's seeking is, is looking. Seeking is looking. Would you write this down? We need to find direction in our, in our prayer. Or if we need to find direction through our prayer. Seeking. Direction is found in prayer. You know what you find in prayer? Go with me to James, if you would, please. The book of James. Hold your place there in Matthew, but stay in James with me as well. James chapter 4, in verse number 3, the Bible says, You ask and receive not, because you ask amiss, that ye may consume it upon your lust. James speaks much of prayer. And he's saying you're asking, but you're asking for the wrong things. You know what prayer does in seeking, in seeking direction through prayer? What you're going to look for is the will of God. The will of God. James says that God will not give you something that is going to be wrong for you. So often we ask God for things, but as we're asking and then as we're seeking, we ought to be seeking direction. God, what is, what is necessary in this situation? What is necessary? So often, I've said this to uh, others even recently, so often we make a decision and then we want God to bless the decision we make after we've made it. And that's not the way the Christian ought to live. Before I make a decision, it ought to be, God, what is your will on this decision? What do you want in this situation? Not now, now that I've made it, God, I need your blessing upon it. God's not a genie. God is our heavenly father. And so we need to find direction through our prayer and we find God's will through seeking. We find God's presence through seeking. Look with me in verse number eight of chapter four of James. Draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. Speak not evil one of another, brethren. He that speaketh evil of his brother and judgeth his brother speaketh evil of the law and judgeth the law. But if thou judge the law, thou art not a doer of the law, but a judge. And so here uh, uh, James is saying, draw nigh to God. Draw nigh to the presence of God. When you draw nigh to God, he will draw nigh to you. Seek him. I've told you this before when Jacob was at boot camp. 
the hardest 10 or 11 weeks of my life was uh, uh, just being the only male in my home with all of these females. Jacob thinks I missed him. No, it was just, I didn't have another man in my home, you know? And so when he went off the boot camp, I missed him. I missed him terribly. We couldn't talk to him. I couldn't see him. One morning, about three o'clock in the morning, I got up out of bed. I swung my uh, feet over. I started getting dressed and putting my shoes on. And Michelle said, what are you doing? I said, I'm going to get Jacob. She said, you don't know where he's at. I said, I'm going to find him. She said, but you can't do anything if you did find him. I said, he's my son. I, I birthed him. She said, I birthed him. I said, you know what I'm talking about. I'm going to get my boy. And she says, you signed him over. Uncle Sam owns him now. I wanted to see him. We got into this gymnasium. It was 10, 11 weeks or whatever it was since I saw him. We got into this gymnasium. They opened these gym doors because it was raining outside. And as those soldiers started marching closer and closer to that gym, you could hear them, 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 them uh, marching and chanting and coming to that gym. And they walked into that gym and it filled that gym up with their, their voices as they were chanting, as they were marching, getting in line. And I'm looking and I'm looking and I'm looking and I saw him. And there he was in the middle of the gym. And as soon as they did their thing and, and uh, their drill sergeant said, parents, find your soldier, I made a step toward him. There was a hundred people in front of him, but I had my eyes focused on him and I was making my way toward him. And when my eyes locked eyes with him, I was already halfway across that gym floor. I was getting to him and he then made an effort to get to me and him and I embraced with this hug and these tears, it was coming to him and him coming to me. And, and as I think of that story, personally, that's what I believe how it is with God. I need to desire and want the presence of God and prayer brings me into the presence of God. It shows that I want God. And when I make a step toward God, he makes that step toward me. The presence of God. Draw nigh to God. He will draw nigh to you. Isn't that a wonderful, wonderful promise? You know what that means? It doesn't matter who you are here today. It doesn't matter what you've done. It, it, it doesn't matter what your need is. It doesn't matter your last name. It doesn't matter the background of your family. None of those things matter. When you take a step toward God, God desires to meet with you. What is your need today? Draw nigh to God. Prayer reminds us that we need God's will. Prayer gives us this direction as we seek him. We need his will. As we seek him, we desire his presence. And as we seek him, look with me in verse uh, uh, 16 of chapter 5 of James, just a page or so over. Look with me in verse 16. Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that ye may be healed. I love this verse, the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. You know what seeking does? It shows us the will of God. It shows us the presence of God, and it shows us the power of God. The effectual, fervent prayer of the righteous availeth much. It isn't you 
that has the power. It's God. You avail because of the power that comes from God through prayer. I ask, and you say, it just doesn't seem to, nothing seems to change. I ask, and so therefore, I must continue to seek. I'm asking, and in my asking, I want to find out, is this God's will? Is this God's presence, and is this God's power? Prayer is not bending God's will to fit our will, but prayer is finding the will of God and getting in on it. Don't miss this. Prayer is not bending God's will. Prayer is not, God, make your will my will, but prayer is rather me finding, God, what is your will, and I want to be a part of your will. And then thirdly, I want you to write this down. The Bible says ask. It says seek. And the Bible says knock. What is that knocking? I want you to write this down, please. That knocking is a determination to see God work a determination to see God work. I'm afraid so often we stop too soon. We stop too soon. Here, this implies a knocking, an asking, a continual, present state, continuing to knock. I'm knocking. Sometimes the answer is no. But many a times I I must realize this, that sometimes the answer is just delayed. And just because God doesn't answer my prayer in my timing, it doesn't mean that God doesn't hear. It doesn't mean that God doesn't care. And it doesn't mean that God's not going to answer. It just simply means this. Knocking is an understanding that I am going to be determined to see God work. Go with me to the book of Luke, if you would, please. There's a determination here that we find Luke chapter 11 this persistence. And I want to just simply say to you today, parents, sometimes you have to be persistent. And I want to say to you, parents as well today, don't give up on prayer. Maybe your child isn't where you want them to be, and maybe they're not living the life that you would hope to choose they would live, and maybe they're not living a spirit-filled, God-centered life. Don't stop knocking on their behalf. Don't give up on prayer. Ask, you say, but I've asked. Then seek, find the will of God, find the power of God, and still continue to knock. Don't give up on prayer. Many times I must tell my children no to something because they don't know why, they just don't understand, but I as a parent understand, and so sometimes I say no, other times it's delayed. In Luke chapter 11, verse number five, I want you to see this story that Jesus is telling, and he said unto them, which of you shall have a friend and shall go unto him at midnight and say unto him, friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine is in his journey, has come to, come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, trouble me not, the door is now shut and my children are with me into bed and I cannot rise and give thee. I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity or his persistence, he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. 
here this friend is knocking on his neighbor. And in those days, they didn't have hotels and in, in 24-hour convenience stores and gas stations. And so as you're coming through, you knock on a friend's door and that friend was more or less obligated to let you in. And, and this friend is traveling and, and his friend comes late at night and, and he opens his door, he lets him in and he finds out, I don't have anything to feed him. I'll be right back. He goes to his neighbor and he knocks at the neighbor's door. The neighbor says, what are you bothering me for? He says, I've got a friend that's come to visit and I don't have anything to feed him. Give me something to feed him. And he says, it's late. My children are already in bed and I've already locked my doors and and I'm not getting up. Just go away. And he says, no, he keeps knocking. And he says, "I, I need this food. I've got somebody that desires it. And the Bible says this, because of his persistence, because of his persistence, This man gets out of his bed. He gives them food. And I want you to remind you today, there is persistence that's needed in your prayer life. This this is the illustration that Jesus gave to us in this text on prayer. This is Luke's account as you would then go into verse number nine. And I say unto you, ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. Jesus gives this illustration, this parable. He gives it first to set up this prayer, asking and seeking and knocking. He's saying, continue to be persistent. Don't give up on God. I don't know what your need is today, but your solution is prayer. Don't give up on prayer. In Luke chapter 18, just a few pages over, go there with me if you would, please. Just a few pages over in Luke chapter 18. The Bible says this, And he spake a parable unto them to this end that men ought always to pray and not to faint. This parable set up, this purpose of this parable is to get you to realize prayer is important and don't give up on prayer. He says this in this parable, there was in a city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city and she came unto him saying, avenge me and mine adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterwards he said within himself, though I fear not God nor regard man, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her. Lest her continual coming, she weary me. Delays are not denials. Knocking shows faith. Look with me as we continue to read this passage. And the Lord said, hear what the unjust judge saith, and shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? And I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth? Do you have faith believing that God can? No matter what problem or trial you're in today, no matter what need you have today, no matter what difficulty, what burden you're carrying today, do you believe, do you have faith to believe that God has the answer? That if God has the answer, don't give up asking. If my child was dying and I knew that the solution, the cure for what he had was 
in behind a locked door of my neighbor's house, I would do everything I could. If my neighbor said, no, you can't have it, I'd knock and I'd knock and I'd knock, I'd knock, I'd knock because I knew the solution was behind that door. And oh, listen to me, church, the solution that you have is behind the door of prayer. God is there and God can meet your need and God can satisfy and God can give you mercy and God can give you grace. Don't stop asking, church. I know this. You only have to pastor for a short amount of time before you start pastoring people with heartache. I remember like you, these that stood on this platform today, those wonderful children. And some of you remember your children when they were that age. Now are they away from God? Now is not the time to give up on prayer. May I encourage you today, now is the time to knock even greater. The more trials you find yourself in, the more difficulties you find yourself in, the more times of unsurety you find yourself in, that is not the time to stop praying. That is not the time to walk away from God. That is not the time for you to take matters into your own hands. No, the Bible says continue to knock. Continue to pray. Prayer works. Some of you today may be disappointed because God has not answered your prayer in the timing that you feel he needed. The Bible tells us this, continue to knock. Don't stop. Don't give up on prayer. Ask, seek, knock. You just finished listening to a message from the preaching ministry at Monclova Road Baptist Church. If it was a help to you, make sure that you let somebody know about it. If you need help beyond this message, make sure that you follow us on Instagram or Facebook or check out our website, monclovabaptist.org, and we would love to connect with you there and help you with anything that you might need. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time on the Monclova Baptist Church Podcast.